are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in Matthew chapter uh, 14 tonight, and I want to be a blessing to my church family, and I thank uh, God for you, and we're looking forward to uh, uh, getting off the ground here for the college just in a couple of weeks, September the 2nd, so pray for us if you would, and to continue to pray for our Christian school and really seek the face of the Lord. But um, I'm excited about the message tonight. I really believe that God gave this to me. Uh, about a week and a half ago during an invitation that pastor, uh, after a message he preached and just some thoughts the Lord had given to me and I was praying over uh, several different messages and asking the Lord what it was, what passage he had me preach. And I've never preached this message before. I preached from this text, but uh, this is certainly a brand new message that I feel like God has for us uh, for the hour. We're in Matthew chapter 14. Look with me if you would. We're going to begin in verse 22 and you can just follow uh, down as I begin to read. The Bible says, verse 22, in straight way, Jesus constrained or compelled his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side uh, while uh, he, he went in, uh, unto the other side and he sent the multitudes away. So Jesus is compelling or, or constraining the disciples to get into a boat. This wasn't a ship like we think of a ship today. Uh, it was not a large sailing vessel. It was a smaller uh, fishing vessel, if you would. The Bible says in verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. I don't know about you, but I love to get away and pray and to be alone. There's just something special about having prayer and seeking the face of God and uh, when you're alone. And that's what Jesus is doing here. And it's been a very busy day for the disciples. I'll say a little bit more about that uh, in a moment. So he goes into the mountain to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone, the Bible says in verse 24, and the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Now, when Jesus compelled the disciples to get into the ship, they were going to sail across the northern uh, part of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, really, you could have followed them by shore and kept an eye on them. And oftentimes, Jesus would do that. And, and when he would come to the other side, the same group of people or many that were on the other side had walked around and were there as well with larger crowds and so forth. But the wind has now driven the ship into the midst of the sea. That's what's happening here. And you can study the other passages of Scripture about this text and find that what I'm telling you is true. So just to get a picture of what's happening here, the ship's now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And it was the fourth watch of the night, that's between 3, uh, three and 6 a.m., Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I love this. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. If you'd like to underline in your Bible, I want to encourage you to do that. Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, I've got those words circled in my Bible, those four words, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. This has got to be one of my favorite Bible stories from the time I was in Sunday school. It's just exciting. Peter does something no other man has ever done, save the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. 
And immediately, look at Jesus' compassion. Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. I don't know about you, I read this, and I don't think of Peter as having little faith. O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when he had come into the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Jesus gets the disciples' attention in this passage of Scripture. And as you compare uh, what Mark and John have to say about the same story, you find that when Jesus and Peter stepped back into the boat, they immediately were on shore. And uh, they, the disciples had rowed for hours and hours on end in the turbulent uh, storm and the wind. They were wore out. They were tired. They were beaten up. But when Jesus got in the vessel, they made it to the other side. Let's pray tonight together. Father, we sure... Love you, and I love your people. I thank you for the privilege to stand in this sacred pulpit and proclaim your word. I, Lord, I give myself to you tonight. I pray for the fullness of your spirit. Empty me of self, and Lord, anoint Lord uh, this message, I pray, and uh, help me to say only what you want said and be a blessing to your people, I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a number of miracles that actually take place in this passage and it's interesting to note that Matthew is the only uh, three of the three Gospels that tell about this miracle that describe Peter walking on the water. It's been a very busy day in the lives of the disciples, and uh, they've gotten news about John the Baptist. And in uh, John chapter uh, 6, we learn that after Jesus fed the 5,000, uh, and before he was able to get the disciples into the boat, the multitudes were pressing him and coming to him, wanting and desiring to make him their king. And Jesus didn't want that influence on the disciples, and he needed to get apart and spend some time in prayer. And so he compels the disciples to get into the ship and to sail to the other side, and he gets alone privately to pray. And I want to just make the point tonight that you and I need to have seasons of prayer that are long seasons of prayer where we're alone in the presence of God, not allowing distractions in our lives. It's a wonderful thing, and I love men's prayer, and I'll perhaps say something about that later in the message tonight. But there's something sacred and something very special about getting alone away for hours and spending time in the presence of God. And as we read in Acts chapter 6, as the church was really growing and facing some struggles, the leaders realized that they didn't want to abandon the Word of God and serve tables, and so they chose them out, you know the passage, so that these leaders could give themselves to the Word of God and to prayer, the Bible says. When we study the life of Christ, we see from this passage that Jesus is teaching us through His life that if we are going to go into storms and overcome them, and we're going to have victory to overcome them, uh, we have to spend time in prayer before we get into the storm so that we'll have the faith necessary to exercise it during the storm. And there's nothing wrong with crying out to God when we begin to sink in the storm, but wouldn't it be better to spend time hours on end with the Lord and in His presence before the storm so that way when we go into the storm, we can have confidence in His presence and exercise the faith necessary to live on victory's side. The Lord Jesus spent that time with the Heavenly Father and uh, as then the storm comes, I can hear the lightning and I can hear the thunder. Maybe that's because of Sunday morning. How many of you were woken up by the lightning and thunder Sunday morning? And I uh, was wakened about 3.30 in the morning, and I lay there for a few minutes praying, and, 
and uh, just listening to the mighty power of God. And I got up, and it was just, it was awesome. It was, it was powerful. And uh, after some time went by, one of the children come running into the living room, and, and uh, they were a little bit terrified as well. And uh, I won't mention their name uh, to embarrass them, but it reminded me when I was a child and when thunderstorms would come as well. And here we see this, this, this storm comes on the water. And as I think back on Sunday morning, I was reminded that at 3.30, I, I lay there and I kind of begin to doze off a little bit and I was praying and, and, and hearing that thunder and such like. And I begin to sing in, in my mind and I kind of drifted off into a dream. And I believe God, though the lightning is flashing. I believe God, though the thunder is crashing. The next thing I knew, I was singing in a duet here. I've never had the privilege to do that, but I was over here, and man, we were thundering out, and everybody was saying amen. Even Brother Kissel was enjoying it back there, and Brother Alvin Martinez was right here. I've never had the privilege to sing it. And Brooke was right here. I was famous instantly, just like that. And I was having a time singing. It was a wonderful dream. And then Brother Cooper got up and grabbed a microphone and came over here, and it turned into a nightmare real quickly. But, uh, and, uh, but we were having a good time there. But I believe God. We need to have faith in spite of the storm. Peter was bold and courageous, and he was willing to face danger. And I took some thoughts from a message pastor preached recently. Courage is not the absence of fear in the face of the storm. It's the mastery of fear in spite of the storm. And uh, when you ask people today how they're doing, oftentimes in our community, uh, we hear people, well, I'm doing all right in spite of the circumstances or under the circumstances. But the reality is God desires for us to live above the circumstances. And as we come to Hebrews chapter 11, we're reminded that faith pleases God. We have an opportunity tonight through the storm that we're facing to please the very heart of our Heavenly Father. What a great opportunity tonight. What an awesome opportunity tonight. And I, I've heard uh, stated if God would rewrite Hebrews chapter 11 and pick people from today, would He put your name in there? If, if, if Hebrews 11 were to be rewritten and New Testament figures uh, were to be chosen, perhaps the Bible would read something like, by faith Peter stepped out of the boat fearing not the winds and waves choosing rather to walk with God on water than to seek shelter from a man-made vessel. And so oftentimes we're seeking our shelter and we're seeking our security in things that don't truly bring security. And if God is going to bring us through this storm as James chapter 1 teaches us, we need to be asking God for the wisdom to apply the truths that He's seeking to teach us while we're in the storm. My church family tonight, it's high time for us to exercise our faith and step out of the boat. Tonight, that's the title of the message. It's time to step out of the boat. Mark chapter 12 and verse 17 tells us, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And I'm here tonight to report to you that this local assembly of believers belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. This church and the ministries of North Valley Baptist Church have been bought by the precious blood of the Lamb of God on the cross of Calvary. And while we as God's people are commanded by God to do everything we can to honor and obey those who are in our authority, 
That's until they choose to write legislation that contradicts the Word of God. It's time to step out of the boat tonight. It's time to not be arrogant. It's not time to be critical and rude. What was it that distinguished Peter from the other disciples? You see, when they were fearful and afraid, Peter saw something they didn't see. Peter saw an opportunity to do what no one else had ever done. And Peter stepped out of the boat. Can you imagine how the other disciples must have felt as Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water? I don't know about you, but I think I'd have been a little bit envious. Jesus was seeking the disciples in the midst of the storm. And I want to submit to you tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ is seeking you and He's seeking me. And I don't know about you, but I heard God speaking very loudly on Sunday morning. I spent a good bit of time with the Lord on Sunday morning. It was a special and a wonderful time. God had not forgotten these men who were in the midst of this storm. Jesus had commanded them to get into the boat. He had compelled them to get into the boat. And He was the one that had given them direction as to where to go. Jesus had led them into the storm. And He comes to them in the fourth watch of the night between 3 and 6 a.m., the disciples had been rowing and laboring for hours on end, perhaps six to nine hours. The storm was severe and had driven them into the midst of the Sea of Galilee. And may I say that God may seem to delay His help at times. And He will even allow from time to time the storm to feel like it's getting worse. But He's never late. He's always right on time. And He's always aware of every storm that we face. Perhaps the disciples could have imagined another boat coming to them like a search and rescue, but the reality was even that was an impossibility at the time and the circumstances of the storm. And I'm thankful tonight that as Jesus walked on the water, He wasn't limited by human resources, and God stands ready to help and step in an unconventional, supernatural way when His people are willing to place their faith in Him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. In fact, the fear that struck the disciples first was not recorded as being fear from the storm. It was a holy fear of God who was walking on the water to them. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, verse 26, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. The disciples' initial fear didn't have to do with the storm. It was a fear of God. And Solomon, after preaching a 12-chapter sermon on life in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Verse 27, But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, I love the fact that when God senses fear in our lives, He is on the move to bring peace and joy. 
And that's what's happening here. Straightway, Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer as I be not afraid. And Christ gave comfort in this storm. I remember years ago as a teenage boy, I lived in a home with my mother and, and, and sisters and I was uh, placed in the attic. We had kind of an attic room up there. And one night I got up in the middle of the night and uh, was heading to another room. And as I was walking across that floor, a mouse ran across my foot. I did not see the mouse. I felt it. And I am sad to have to tell you that I jumped and screamed so loudly like a girl. It was so embarrassing. I was thankful my mother and sisters didn't hear me. I can only remember one other time screaming that loudly, and it's been since I was here. I was in the overflow of the Golden Grill. It was dark, and I had my computer facing the uh, double doors. Brother Pustin must have felt led by the Lord to come right behind me and bang on those doors so loud. I jumped out of my skin and screamed like a lady. I'm sorry. But I want Brother Pustin to know that God is not the author of fear. Where did he go in here tonight? He's, I don't see him here, but anyhow. Jesus always brings comfort, amen, not fear. The disciples were struck with fear. The word of Christ is what brought comfort, and God's word always brings comfort. And the world tonight is looking to fill their, their fear, and they're looking to other means, as Pastor talked about, through drugs and through alcohol and all other forms of wickedness and sin. And, and my friend, how can we today step out of the boat uh, so that we uh, can, can walk on water and see God do great things. And I want to give you several thoughts tonight from the text. First of all, we need to seek the Lord. Peter said in verse 28, if it be thou. He's looking out on the water and they think that they see a spirit or a ghost. And while others uh, were looking out there, Peter said, Lord, is that you out there? If that's you, bid me come unto thee. And while the disciples were afraid of the storm, Peter was looking at the Savior. And so often people get so focused on the storm, they don't see what God is trying to do in the midst of the storm. And while others were falling apart, Peter realized that God was trying to pull everything together, but he was doing it on his timetable. Just as we heard Sunday with the three Hebrew children, we could look at that scenario and say, hey, it's all falling apart. And, and God would say, no, no, I'm behind the scenes and I'm pulling it all together. And I believe that what we're about to see in our country is not something that is just in our city and in our county or even in our state or our country. I believe that God tonight is working globally around the world and that He does have a revival that He desires to send our way. Peter's desire, if it be thou, indicates the condition of Peter's heart. Peter was not interested in walking on water unless it drew him closer to God. May I say tonight, you and I need to be drawing closer to God every day. Peter did not doubt the power of Christ. His request reflected that fact. He wanted to be certain that the voice that he heard was in fact the voice of God. Peter was asking that if it was Christ, that he would prove himself by allowing him 
to walk out on the water. And I cannot stress enough that Peter was not hesitating. He simply wanted to confirm that he was in fact hearing the voice of God. And it's always wise to seek confirmation from God before you step out by faith. I'm not talking about recklessness. I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm not talking about just trying to do our own thing. I'm simply saying tonight that when Peter looked out on that water and he saw Jesus coming and he said, Lord, if it be thou, he didn't question the power of God. He was questioning, Lord, is that in fact you? That's saying, be of good cheer. And as Jesus said, come, and Peter stepped out, it wasn't his own ambition. It wasn't his own desire, although he did ask and he received. I understand that we have a free will, but he was stepping out on the concrete word of God when he stepped out of that boat. He was safer to step out of the boat than to stay in the boat. And Peter has his faults. But a lack of affection for Christ was not one of them. He wasn't trying to walk on water to show off. He wanted to walk on water so he could get to Christ. And James 4, 8 says, Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. My friend, tonight if we are going to overcome and have victory in the storm, we must seek the Lord if it be thou. We must supplicate Bid me come unto thee. Peter was asking God to do the impossible. And I ask my church family tonight, what are you asking God to do that is impossible? Because that's exactly what God desires to do. He desires to do the impossible. Peter left this decision to the Lord. Bid me come unto thee. Lord, it's in your hands. And God always gives the best to those that leave the choice to him. Peter would not leave the boat unless Christ commanded him to leave. You can't fault that kind of an attitude. The character of Peter's prayer was manifested by the approving of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was courageous. He did not say, bid me come unto thee in the boat. He said, bid me come unto thee on the water. In Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We need to be asking God for the impossible. And the reason men's prayer meeting continues to grow is because the men of North Valley Baptist Church realize we need to get to God. Psalm 109 and verse 24 says, My knees are weak through fasting and my flesh faileth of fatness. Now, I can't say that second part yet, but I've had my knees weak a few times from fasting. Thanks, Pastor, for laughing at me. I appreciate that. God wants us, just as a little child, runs to its parents' room during that thunder that's fearful and afraid. That's what Peter was doing. He was wanting to get to Jesus. And there ought to be something burning inside of your heart and mine right now that says, I need to get to Jesus. Jesus, got, He's got a purpose and a plan for all of this. I just need to get to Jesus. Psalm 50, 
Verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If we're going to walk on water and do the impossible, first we must seek the Lord if it be thou. Secondly, we must supplicate, bid me come unto thee. Thirdly, we need to be silent so we can hear what he has to say. And Jesus said, come. You see, Peter didn't hear very well the first time. It is I. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. Lord, if it be thou, did I hear you? Was that you? Like Samuel. Remember Samuel? And Samuel really didn't know the voice of God. And Peter did. But, 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 but you've got to understand, the waves were crashing and the wind was blowing. And, and uh, these men that sit up here, Brother Flood and Brother Russ, from time to time will say something to me. And the trumpets are over here going, I can't hear what they're saying. And I look over and say, what? They tease me because they think I'm old now, you know? But Peter, he's getting a little older maybe. I don't know. Lord, was that you? I just want to make sure. And there's got to be a time in, in, in our day that we take to, to have some quietness so we can hear the voice of God speak to us. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty three, 23, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, excuse me, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We need to submit then to the word of God. Verse 29, Peter walked on the water to go out to Jesus. You see, God is no respecter of persons, but he's a great respecter of those who are submissive and surrendered to him. The world says, show me and I'll believe you. But God says, believe me and I will show you. And where God puts a period, we should not put, ex, uh, uh, we should not put question marks. In James chapter 1, verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not not hearers only deceiving your own selves. And when God calls and when God commands, I'm happy to report to you tonight, He enables. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And Peter uh, stepped out of the boat and had faith in God. And it reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Man's wisdom said to Peter, stay in the boat. But God's wisdom said, hey, Peter, why don't you come? Peter wasn't hesitant. He was 100% devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to seek the Lord, if it be thou. We need to supplicate, bid me come unto thee. We need to silence to hear him say, come, and submit to the word, come, when he speaks. And then we need to step out of the boat and be obedient, as God tells us. You see, our circumstances will never encourage us to step out by faith. Our circumstances will never encourage us to step out by faith. If we focus our, on our circumstances rather than the commands of God, we're going to get ourselves into trouble. And we shouldn't let fear control our actions. It's not always easy to stop your circumstances from being the master of your mind. And so you have to meditate on the word of God, just as Abraham, Romans 4, 21, being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. Peter stepped out of the boat, and when he did, he was all alone. 
There was no other man around him. He had left the security of the boat. He had left the security of the brethren. And he hadn't made it to Christ quite yet. And it it was a bad night to walk on water. Have you understand that? In fact, I would submit to you, Peter never asked God to remove the storm. That's something to think about. He let Jesus take care of that. He let God take care of that. He he asked God to change him. Lord, I want to come to you. He was was desiring to go out to the Master uh, to experience the presence of God. And Peter was not asking Christ to change the storm. You see, Peter's security was not found in the man-made boat. And Peter's security was not even around the men of God that were going to change the world and turn it upside down for Christ. Peter's security was found in the presence of God. May I ask tonight the question, have you placed your security in man-made things? Have you placed your security in people? Or have you placed your security in the presence of God? Peter found security in the presence of Christ. Peter dared to be different and he was willing to walk alone. If Peter had jumped out of the boat or even tried to walk on water on his own, He would have never been successful. But he was supernaturally empowered by God. This amazing achievement is an encouragement to you and I today. If the work you have been called to do looks impossible, just remember that Christ is the one who enables us to do His work. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Ephesians tells us to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And sadly, Peter's miraculous walk ended up in disgrace as he begins to sink. I was telling Brother Bertram about this. We were talking about it this morning. He said, Peter walked far enough from the boat that the disciples didn't criticize him, but short enough from the boat that he never bragged about it. Think about that a little bit. We need to stay focused on Christ. He saw the winds boisterous and he was afraid and he began to sink and Peter got his eyes off Christ. You know the story. Obstacles that you see in life will pull your attention and your eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter didn't drown in the storm. He turned to Christ. I'm thankful he turned to Christ and Jesus met him immediately. We are to look unto Jesus And I love what Isaiah says, as pastors quoted it recently, Isaiah 26, 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Look with me, if you would, at verse 30. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. So he's not looking at Jesus and he's not talking to him anymore. He's looking at the circumstances and he's looking at the storm. And he beginning to sink. You know what I love about this? Peter didn't wait till he had sunk way down in the water. It was immediately he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately he stretched out his hands. Charles Spurgeon said, to walk on the water is not as essential characteristic of our faith, but to pray when you begin to sink is. If we sought Christ more in the troubles, we would experience more deliverances from our troubles. And I love the compassion of Christ as he immediately stretched forth his hand. And I'm reminded tonight, for by grace are you saved through faith, 
not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And my friends, salvation comes from Jesus Christ alone. And Jesus, stretching forth His hand, shows His love and care and compassion. The Lord is gracious and comes to us even when we get ourselves into trouble and even when we take our eyes off of the Master. And I want you to understand, church family, tonight that we're living in a world where people are sinking in their sin and they need the Lord Jesus Christ. And that means that you and I need to be a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in this day and hour in which the Lord has placed us. We as, as Christians need to learn how to step out by faith and trust the Lord. Only Jesus was capable of saving Peter. And then Jesus rebukes his faith. He says, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? This rebuke should inspire you and I to have greater faith. And I, I said this at the beginning of the message, and I want you to think about this with me tonight. If I had walked on water, I think I would brag about it. Brother Nikolai, I just would. You probably wouldn't. You're a humble man. I've wanted to walk on water since I was a little kid. I remember being at a lake when I was four or five years old thinking, Lord, why can't I walk on water, you know? This rebuke should inspire us to exercise faith. And as Christ and Peter stepped onto the boat, Jesus brought a great calm and moved the boat to the land. Can I tell you that tonight, there will be no peace in our world until the Prince of Peace comes again. And Jesus makes himself more real to us in our times of trouble and sorrow. And I don't know why God usually waits until the midnight hour and, and oftentimes when the waves are beating upon us at their worst. But may I say that sometimes it's the only time we're completely silent, listening carefully to what he has to say. And as I heard the thunder and I saw the lightning on Sunday morning, Pastor, my heart ached as I said, God is trying to get our attention. God is desiring to speak to us. No one brings peace like Jesus brings peace. And the reason the world cannot find peace is because they haven't found that peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We come to verse 33, and they worshiped him. Peter's focus wasn't on the other disciples and their greatness. They weren't focused on man's craftsmanship as they looked at the boat. They were humble, and they were worshiping the great I Am. Amen. Tonight, let's have a great faith and a great God that God can do great things. Amen. Only those who can see the invisible can do the impossible. Faith is the eye that sees the invisible. Faith is the ear that hears the inaudible. Faith is the hand that touches the intangible. Faith is simply taking God at His word and believing Him tonight. Will you believe God? I don't know what God desires for you to do, but all of us could exercise our faith a little more. And all of us could realize that we're living in a world that's sinking in sin. And if there is a time for God's people to shine the light of the gospel message of Jesus Christ, today is that day and it's that hour.
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.